Cool. Hey, thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Kirsty. <laughs> Brilliant to be doing church with you guys this morning. Great job with uh, leading the meeting today. Um, just want to say a huge welcome to everyone that's watching, to everyone who are part of Family Church. Greetings from my home to yours this morning. And those who are watching, uh, guests that are watching from around the world, we're so honoured, so glad that you would come and spend time with us this Sunday morning. Uh, I'm still broadcasting from home because I'm still in lockdown for my visit to Africa. So um, I'm looking forward to Thursday when they open the doors and I'm allowed out to play again. Listen, we're in a weekend of storms and uh, right here in Portsmouth right now, you can, uh, you can hear the storms. The rain is dripping on my conservatory. You can feel the wind and hear the wind blowing down the chimney. And uh, we're in a very stormy weekend. But you know what? In life at the moment, it seems to be a very stormy weekend. It seems to be a time where there seems to be so much going on, you know, with the COVID related stuff and other issues that correspond with that. I want to preach this morning a message to your hearts that's called No Jesus, No Peace. Now, you could take that a number of ways. You could take that No Jesus, No Peace. That would be true. The absence of Jesus would mean the absence of peace. Or you could take it No Jesus, as in if you know Jesus, you will know peace. That's the good news this morning that I want to bring to you. But if you know Jesus, if you don't yet know Jesus, we can solve that this morning. But if you know Jesus, you can know God's peace. You can know the peace of God in this season and in this moment. These are indeed very interesting times that we're living in. And for some people, potentially very troubling as we begin to see things like the economy affected, people's jobs affected by the uh, results of COVID and the lockdown and certain things. I'm personally hearing as a pastor, not just watching the news, but just listening to real people's stories. I'm really hearing an increase of things like anxiety and worry. You know, people are coming into moments of anxiety and worry that they've not known before. Other people are experiencing uncertainty and pressure as things that they place their security in are being shaken or rocked. For other people, they're feeling fear. I want to speak into that today. Um, but what's happening in the world is having an effect on everyone today, whether they're saved or whether you're unsaved, whether you know Jesus or you don't know Jesus. The reality is so much of what's happening in the world today, the effects of uh, COVID on the economy, on, on work and on recruitment and that such things, are having an effect on everyone. It's a common storm. But, you know, right now in Portsmouth, um, we're experiencing a common storm. Whether you're saved or unsaved today, you're not exempt of the storm outside of our doors today. And that's really similar to some of the things that we may be experiencing in life. Just because we're believers, followers of Jesus, it doesn't make us exempt of being in certain storms at certain times. Because the Bible says, you know, Jesus referred to it well, that we're in the world. We're not of the world, but we're in the world. Jesus never took us out of the world when we were saved, which means we're still in the world, which means we're going to experience and encounter things that the world experiences and encounters. But our experience in these storms should be a different experience. 
because we may be in the world, but the Bible also reveals to us we're no longer of the world, that we're a part of another kingdom, a kingdom that's an unshakable kingdom. Hebrews 12 says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Boy, is that a perfect description of the hour that we're living in right now. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken to reveal that which can't be shaken, which is the kingdom of God. In this season, we need to be making sure that our feet and our lives are grounded in the kingdom. Like I said, we're not exempt of the certain storms that are affecting life today because we're in the world. But we need to realize that those storms don't have to have the effect within us that they may have within the life of a person that doesn't know Jesus. Because though we're in the world, Jesus declares over us, we're no longer of the world. You see, the difference is we have Jesus in the boat with us. In whatever storm we may be facing, in, in whatever storm we may be coming into, the waves may be beating against the side of the boat, the, the winds may be very loud for you at this moment. But what we have that's different to those that don't know God is we have Jesus in the boat with us. He's not outside of the storm, rather he's in the storm with us. Now, when I say that he's in the, in the storm with us or in the boat with us, I'm not talking about a religious belief. It really wouldn't be enough to have a religious belief in the boat with you or in the storm with you. You need the real person of God. And the good news that the Bible declares to us is, though we may be facing storms or going through storms, not just financial, maybe relational, um, storms can come in uh, many forms and many types, can't they? But whatever the storm, we have Jesus in the boat with us. And that really brings hope to our hearts that we're not alone. He's our very present help in time of trouble. You know, I think of the three Israeli boys, Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego. They weren't exempt of the persecution of Nebuchadnezzar. They weren't exempt of being placed in the fire. But the difference for Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego was in the fire, they became conscious of the fourth man, which was Jesus. Jesus was in the fire with them. So in a moment when they shouldn't have known peace, they knew peace because of the presence of God in that moment. I want to refer to this verse in Psalms 46. If you've got your Bibles with you today, I want to read from Psalms 46 because I believe these words bring great hope to anyone that may be experiencing a storm, coming into a storm. And I want you to draw hope and life from these verses today. It says in verse one of chapter 46, God is our refuge and our strength. Come on, that's the truth today. That's the truth that's being tested in our life in this moment. Who's our refuge? Who's our strength? Who's our strong tower? Well, the writer of Psalms responds, God is our refuge and our strength. He's an ever present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear through the earth, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar 
and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Remember, your life is now the city of God. And that river can be compared to the Holy Spirit who's now running through the streets of the city of God that's your life. It says there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Now, obviously, when the writer of Psalms was writing this, it was before the moment when God had come to live in the hearts of people like you and me, where God in the new covenant had made us the temple that he lives and dwells within. So when we understand the context of God is now inside of our lives, so our lives are now the temple of the Holy Spirit, these verses really speak louder to us than what they did to the people that heard them before. God is our refuge and our strength. He's our ever very present help in time of trouble. Though mountains fall, though seas may roar and mountains quake, there is a river. There is a presence of God within the city of God, within the believer's life where God dwells. God is within her. Listen, I want to speak back to you today. Jesus is not a million miles away. He's in your life. He's in the boat with you in this stormy season. We need to draw faith and hope from this reality, this promise that's certain. Now, now that he's in us, we can experience him in our moment. Remember, Jesus is now in us. The Holy Spirit is now in us, which means the fruit of the Spirit is now in us. We can experience the same thing that Jesus experiences in our lives today. Now, we think of the fruit of the Spirit, and we've been learning about this on Sunday nights. We know that one of the fruits of the Spirit is love. Another fruit of the Spirit is joy. But another very, very important fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that now lives in us, is peace. Not peace like the world knows peace, but peace that the Bible says is a peace that passes all understanding. You know, when we read about the storms and the surging of water in Psalm 46, it reminds me of that account of another storm that is very well known in the Gospel of Mark. And it was that moment where the disciples were in a boat and Jesus was in a boat with them. And a great storm rises up and it causes the disciples, even though they had the presence of God in the boat, great concern. Let me read you this story again. If you've got your Bibles with you, just turn to the Gospel of Mark. And we're going to read from Mark 4 and pick up the storyline in verse 35. It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along. Listen, sometimes when you're going from where you are now to where God wants you to be, you can sometimes encounter a storm on the journey. But again, it's the knowledge that God is with us that brings real peace in very real storms. 
leaving the crowd behind, they took him along and he was with them in the boat. There was also other boats with him. A furious storm came up, rose out of nowhere on the Sea of Galilee. And the waves began to crash and break against the boat so that it was nearly swamped or flooded. That was quite a severe storm. <laughs> Jesus was in the stern of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. You know, I'm so blessed that God's given me that type of sleep. There can be massive storms going on outside our house, but I, I just am able to sleep through them. Listen, in the storm that you're facing right now, no matter how furious it may sound, God wants you to know a rest in the presence of the storm that doesn't make sense, but it makes sense within who you are because it springs from the knowledge that you're not alone. It says Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion and the disciples woke him up and said, teacher, teacher, do you not care if we drown? He got up. And the first thing he done is he rebuked the wind and the waves. He said, quiet, be still. The interesting thing is, if you look at the meaning of that word quiet um, in its original context, it basically means shut up, shut up. So Jesus wakes from asleep, leans over the boat, rebukes the wind, points his finger at the waves and says, shut up, be still. Then the wind died down and it became completely calm. But then he turned to the disciples. He says, what? Why? Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Great question to ask them. I think one of the reasons he was asking them was he'd been disturbed in his sleep. And I don't know if you're ever disturbed in your sleep. I never wake up like grateful that somebody's woken me up. And I think in the same way, Jesus woke up and said, boys, I was asleep. It's been a busy day. But then he addressed with them the issue. He said, why are you freaking out? Yeah, there's a storm. Yeah, the waves are beating. But did you not put two and two together? That if I'm in the boat and I'm sleeping, then there's nothing to worry about. You know, another way of putting that, Jesus could have said, if you see me running around the boat shouting, Father, Father, help us. We're all going to die. Then you have a license to freak out. But if I'm in rest in the storm that you're experiencing, you need to know that you can know that rest too. Even though the waves are making a noise, even though there's things external to you that could cause you to drift into anxiety and worry, you need to put your focus on the one who is in the boat. It says they were terrified and asked each other, who is this that even speaks to the storms? Now, in Psalms 46, it says to us that God is our refuge. He's our strength. He's our very present help in time of need. For the disciples in the boat in Mark 4, he was the very present help in their time of need. To me, again, when we refer to the Gospels and this story of Jesus being in the boat at this time of storm, it really was an issue of focus, wasn't it, for the disciples? The disciples had a choice. They could focus on the external and the storm that was very real. It was happening. 
Um, God didn't want them to go into denial where they put their fingers in their ears and ran around saying it's not happening. It's not happening. It was happening. There was a very real storm external to the boat that they were in. But also Jesus was in the boat. And what Jesus was addressing was why didn't you focus on me in the boat with you and the authority I've given you over storms? rather than putting your focus on the storm that's threatening you right now. Boy, this is great lessons for us all. We've always got to find Jesus in the boat. But also we need to understand that God has given us authority to speak to storms. There's some storms in your life that Jesus isn't going to settle because he's given you the authority to speak to the storm. And I don't know about you, that gives me courage today to not just let the storms beat my boat when they're actually meant to be subject to the authority that God's given me. But other storms that can seem overwhelming. Do you know, if I was a disciple, I often think when I read this story, probably the best thing that John or Peter could have done was just snuggle up with Jesus. Um, and come to the conclusion, listen, there's no way the son of God is going to sink, no matter what's happening right now. And the best or the safest place would have been for them to snuggle in with Jesus. How do we outwork that today? Hey, snuggle in with the presence of God. If you're experiencing a storm, don't be distanced from God. Draw close to God. Draw near to God. Worship him. Come closer into the presence of God. And you know the amazing thing, when you draw close to God, the other mountains and storms begin to resize and the wind begins to die out. There's another story, isn't there, that we read about in Matthew 14, verse 30, where Peter walks on the water with Jesus. And again, when we read in this account, there was another kind of stormy moment. Jesus comes walking across the water, very unusual Peter, in his excitement, says, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. And Jesus turns around and says, come. So Jesus, uh, so Peter gets out of the boat and begins to walk towards Jesus. And he's walking on the water. He's walking on the water. And uh, all of a sudden, it says that Peter became aware again of the wind and the waves. And what he did was he took his eyes off of Jesus, off of the word of Jesus that had said, come. And as he took his eyes or his focus off of Jesus, he began to sink. Listen, there's a great parallel in that account for us. God wants us to walk on the water with him, whether the water is calm or whether the water is stormy. But the only way we're going to walk on storms is if our focus is on Jesus. So whether it's the example of him being in the boat, or the example of him saying, come and walk with me on this storm. Both relate to us purposing we're going to set our focus on him and on his word. So in this stormy season that we're experiencing, a season of much uncertainty, where things that we thought were stable don't seem to be stable anymore. What does the word of God say to us? Remember, Peter walked on the word of God. It was that word come that caused the water to become a platform for Peter to walk on. What does the word of God say to us today regarding 
um, how we should respond in these stormy moments. Well, here's a few if you're making notes. Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34, it teaches us that Jesus speaks and says to us, do not worry, do not worry. Those are great verses to read if worry is knocking at the door of your heart. Matthew 6, 25 to 34. Jesus says numerous times in this passage of scripture, do not worry. It's not that you won't have things to potentially worry about, but Jesus says, do not worry. But then he says, because the father knows what you need. Listen, if you're in stormy moments at, at, at this time, that are maybe to do with economy or work, the father, father God knows what you need today. I'm also reminded of first Peter chapter five, verse seven, where it says that we're to cast our cares. Another translation says our anxieties upon him because he now cares for us. When you unpack that word cares for us, it means he is now our caregiver. Listen, when you gave your life to Jesus, he became the caregiver or the, the care provider of your life. So in first Peter, it says that in moments like this, we're not to allow fear and anxiety to consume us like those who don't know Jesus would do, but rather we're to take our cares, our anxieties and our worries and cast them upon him. The final one I want to look at is in Philippians chapter four, verses six to seven, where it says that we're to be anxious or concerned about nothing. Now, these aren't random verses that are placed in there to write nice songs about. This is the word of God for you today as you're going into the storm or even if you're in the midst of the storm. Be anxious, be consumed by worry concerning nothing. But then it says, but by prayer and petition, let your requests be known to God. Now, again, we need to have a fundamental understanding that God hears our prayers. I always love that moment when Jesus prays, you know, in that moment with Lazarus, he says this little statement. Thank you, Father. You hear my prayer. You always hear my prayer. That's the confidence that me and you need to have, that the Bible gives us a license to have, that when we pray, we can have a confidence that Number one, God hears our prayer. And number two, he always hears our prayer. So if we're in a moment where anxiety or worry is knocking on the door of our life, the Bible says in Philippians 4 that we're to let our prayers and our requests be known to God. Talk to God about it. But it doesn't end there. Then it says, then you will experience a peace that comes from God. Remember, his life is now in us. His peace is now in us. When you submit your worries and your anxieties to the Lord, his peace in you begins to release through you. And the Bible says it's a peace that then guards our heart. Just like the guards that stand outside of Buckingham Palace, God's peace becomes a guardian of your heart. Jesus wants us in the storm to experience his peace, not a peace, his peace.
There's a difference between a peace. The world can provide an element of peace. But he's speaking of his peace. God's saying that when we come to him and we let our anxieties, our concerns be known, and then we leave them with him, we can know the peace that Jesus knows in our daily lives. Again, I'm thinking of a verse that's very relative, and it's John 14, verse 27. This moment is the moment when Jesus is teaching the disciples about the Holy Spirit. And he knows that it's not long now before he's going to leave the earth and leave the commission of saving the world with the disciples. He knows that the moments are coming when he's going to go to the cross and the disciples are not going to have him physically with them anymore and he's preparing them for the storm that's coming and I love the words that he uses he says this my peace I leave with you my peace I give to you not a peace my peace the peace that I enjoy that comes from the father I give to you I leave with you now he also goes on in that verse to say but it's a peace that's different to the peace that the world gives. The reality is that any peace that you get from the world is merely momentary and it's based on certain things being in position. God's peace is not momentary. It's steadfast and it's stable and it's not based on external things. Rather, it's based on his abiding presence within you. If God's presence is within you, if Jesus is in the boat of your life. You can know his peace, no matter how loud the waves may be. Here's two things to remember about the peace of God. Number one, Jesus has made peace between us and God. That's a peace that we don't often talk about, but it's a very, very important peace that we need to understand that he's established for us. The Prince of Peace who is Jesus, has established for us peace between our lives and God. Now you say, why is that important? It's, because, it's important because, because he's now made peace between us and God, we can now know God's peace in our lives. Before we had peace with God through believing in what Jesus achieved for us at the cross, we could only ever know the peace that came to our life externally, peace that came from what the world offered. But because we now know and the gospel declares that Jesus has made peace between us and God, where there once wasn't peace, he has now established peace between us and God. We can now know God's peace in our life. Like what we spoke about in Psalm 46, there's now a river that flows within the city of God. And within that river is everything we need for everything we may face. Listen, if you're in storms at the moment, I really encourage you to go back and spend some time studying those opening verses of Psalm 46. Because the reality is, the storms around you may be happening, but I don't know how to keep saying this in a way that it sinks in. You're not alone. 
Jesus is your very present help in time of need. He provides to your life a very real peace, which is his peace that's greater than any storm. So, okay, here's another thing that we need to understand in our hearts concerning the omni of God. Nothing is impossible for your God. If you believe in Jesus, if you believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, you need to have a confidence within your heart concerning how huge he is. Our God is self-created, self-sustaining. He relies on nothing to provide for him. He is huge. We need the awe of God back at the center of our hearts. But we could declare in the middle of storms, nothing is too difficult for my God. Can I get another job? Nothing is too difficult for my God. Can I see provision in this time when it doesn't look like it? Nothing is too difficult for my God. Can God sort this situation out for my good? Well, according to Romans, God's working in all things for the good of those that love him and accord according to his purposes. Listen, let the bigness, the vastness of God flood your heart. Let it become bigger than the sound of the storm that may be coming against you or trying to come against you. Sometimes I think our problem is we make God too small, not that he ever is too small. I'm thinking of that moment with Abraham when God speaking to Abraham, you're gonna have kids, you're gonna be the father of many nations. Abraham's having problems seeing this or conceiving this in his mind. What does God do? He says to him, oh, you need to come out from the tent of your understanding and look into the sky of my creative ability. And so when Abraham comes out from under the covering of the tent, he looks up at the stars and he sees the stars in the sky and a conclusion reaches his heart. Nothing is too difficult for this God that I belong to. Listen, I want to just encourage you, don't let a tent of your understanding stop you seeing the vastness, the incredible potential to God. He is well able to get to us what we need. And I just believe that's ministering to a person's heart right now. You don't know how he's going to get it to you. You don't need to know. You don't know who he's going to use. You don't need to know. All you need to know is, like the old song used to say, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways you cannot see. <laughs> My God will make a way for me. Now, he takes his position as being your caregiver seriously. Maybe you don't consider him as your caregiver that seriously or haven't done in the past. You need to know that when you brought your life into the into the life of, uh, that God had for you, he took your provision and your protection personally. He'll provide for you, not just in usual ways, but unusual ways too. I'm thinking of Elijah. When you read through the storyline of Elijah, there were times when God provided for Elijah by ravens. Now, if you understand what a raven is, you'll understand that the raven is one of the most selfish birds that never shares anything with anyone. Yet God brought the ravens, made the ravens bring provision 
to Elijah. Then after the ravens came a widow. You know, if we were looking for our provision, um, we wouldn't look to a widow that was getting ready to die herself. Yet in this storyline, we see God saying to us in so many examples throughout the Old Testament, God can get what you need to you. And often he'll do it in ways or through people you never expected. But then we look at the life of the disciples and we see the same God, the same unstoppable God to whom nothing is impossible, causing nets to be filled with fish when the sea was empty. The disciples had fished that sea. There was nothing in that sea. Yet when God spoke, suddenly the fish filled the net. When the disciples needed taxes to pay and there were no coins in the purse, Jesus provided coins in the mouths of fishes. When there was no wine at the wedding feast, he caused the water to turn into wine. Oh, you've got to see today that what God's going to do for you in your moment of need or your moment of storm may not be usual. You see, if you don't know God, you're limited to the usual. But if you know God, you've got to walk around the boat in the midst of the storm saying, my God will make a way where there seems to be no way. And he's more than likely going to do it in a way that I've never worked out. The key here again is let your faith remain on him. Keep the eyes of your faith on him. Don't put your attention on the wind or the waves. Keep your attention on Jesus. Keep walking on his word, just like Peter did. His word was come. If he just stayed with that simple word, he would not have sunk in that stormy moment. Listen, know the promises of God for your life. Those promises themselves release a great, uh, a great peace within our lives. Okay, as we close this morning, three things that you need to do if you're coming into a storm or you're in a storm or you're listening to the reports of the world and you can hear anxiety, fear, worry, knocking at the door of your life, wanting to come in and ruin your, your peace that's yours in God. Here's three things that I just want you to be reminded of. Number one, spiritually speaking, talk to God. Talk to God. If you're going through something, if fear is knocking at the door of your life, talk to God. Another way of putting that would be find Jesus in the boat. Right now, don't let your heart be troubled by external things that are happening around you. Are you still going to need to process them, make decisions about them? But like it says in God's word, don't let your heart be troubled. Rather, speak to God about those things. It's amazing that actually in times of storm, we can sometimes find a closer presence or relationship with God than what we had before. So spiritually speaking, number one, find Jesus in the boat right now. Even after this broadcast, go, go to a room, go pray. If you're in a stormy season, go find Jesus in the boat. And as you do, the peace that's in Jesus will begin to be a river that flows into the city of your life also. Number two, speaking more practically, 
don't just talk to God, talk to someone else. If you're feeling anxious, worried, fearful, listen, I want to encourage you to be speaking to someone else in your church family. We've got incredible pastors in Family Church. I'm so thankful for our pastors and our pastoral team. We've got phenomenal connect group leaders. We've got just incredible people who love people. Listen, I want to say they're there for you. Not only do you need to talk to Jesus, maybe you need to talk to someone in Family Church. Maybe you need to contact one of you, you know, your pastoral team your connect group leader, you know, a friend that knows God and, 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 and lives for God. Don't stay silent. Sometimes the enemy wants to put you in a corner and isolate you and say, this is your problem. No one else cares. Listen, that's a lie. People do care. If you're a part of this church family, you need to know we care. We care about what you're going through. Only God can make the miracles happen that you may need. But your church family are here to talk to. Listen, no man's an island. So number one, talk to God. Find Jesus in the boat. Number two, make sure you talk to someone, a pastor, a connect group leader, a godly friend. Realise that you're not alone. It's amazing how storms can make you feel like you're alone sometimes. I want to cut through the voice of the storm today and say you're not alone. God is with you and your church family are with you. And the final thing I really want to say is protect your heart. In this season where the storms are blowing around us, storms of COVID, storms, um, storms of economy, different storms that seem to be surging, that can make things seem so uncertain, we need to understand that the word of God remains certain. The word of God remains certain. The word of God remains the absolute in our life that causes even though other people's houses are falling as the storms are blowing against them ours will not because we're building our life upon his word i just wrote in my journal here one final thought less news coming from man more promises coming from god you know sometimes it's amazing what media does it's what it earns its money doing it's it, it causes you to think this is now going wrong. This is now going wrong. Back to this that's going wrong. We're all going to sink. Sometimes when you listen to the news, basically what they're saying is we're all going to sink. I want to say that the news is not correct. God's word is correct regarding those who have placed their faith in him. Just maybe you need to turn the news off a little bit. Stop absorbing its fear. Guard your heart. Get information from the news, but don't let it penetrate your heart with the fear and the anxiety that's carried upon it. Rather, open the word of God. Begin to declare over your life his promises for you, for your family, for your finances. Begin to make the word of God again the loudest voice in the boat of your life. You see, when Jesus did awake in the boat and he began to speak, Suddenly his voice became the loudest voice in the moment. The wind became quiet. The seas became still. Listen, let the word of God be central in the boat of who you are at this time. 
I'm reminded also as we close about the parable that Jesus gave about the two men and the storm. He said two men built their house. One man built his house on sand. Another man built his house on the rock. One man's foundation was very shallow, movable. The other man's foundation was solid, immovable. You couldn't move it. It was rock. And then it said a storm came about. And this is so interesting because the same storm that beat against one man's house was the same storm that beat against the other man's house. It wasn't a different storm. And like I said at the beginning today, we're not exempt of storms of life, but we are different in the storms because our foundations are different to those that don't know Jesus. It says that the waves and the wind beat against the house of a man who had no foundations and everything that he built crumbled. But yet when that storm beat against the house of the man that had built his life upon the rock, everything remained strong. Listen, family church and to other guests that are tuning into our broadcast. We're not exempt of certain storms that are happening around us. Yet we are different because we have Jesus in the boat. We have his word as the foundation of our life. We have a hope and a peace that this world can't understand. Let the rivers of God's peace flow through the city of God that your life now is. Let this sound run through the city of your life, that he is your very present help in time of need. I want to pray for you today that you would just know the peace of God that passes all understanding. Firstly, if you're watching and you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to pray for you first. But hang around because I want to pray for people after this for a fresh surge, a fresh release of the peace of God in, in their lives today. So firstly, if you're watching today and you've never given your life to Jesus or you've been away from God, just pray this prayer with me. I'm going to pray it. And when I say amen at the end, you say amen and God will hear the prayer. Father, I thank you today that Jesus died on a cross for me. He died on a cross for me and as me. He paid for my sin. He took away my old life and gave me a brand new one that was filled with him. I thank you today that I receive the salvation that God has for me. Today, I thank you that I become a follower of God. Thank you, Jesus. You are my saviour and my friend. Amen. As you say amen today, the Bible says that God has now made you a part of his family. And it's a family that knows his peace. But now I want to pray for those who are watching and you say this is a very um, relevant message today, Andy. Um, there are storms in my life or I can see storms on the horizon. Anxiety and fear and worry have been trying to consume me. They've been knocking at the door of my life. Yet I know that God's got better for me, that God's got a better peace that I can know. Yes, he does, but it's not coming from outside of you upon you. It's coming from within you bursting out. Let me pray for you right now. I'm just believing for every household and every family that there'll be a surge of the peace of Jesus in your lives and in your homes right now. Thank you, Jesus, that you said to the disciples and to us, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. Lord, I thank you today for those that are facing different storms or 
at this very moment feel like they're in the midst of storms, relational, financial, whatever the storm may be. But there's a surge, there's a groundswell, there's a breaking out of your peace, King Jesus, that peace that passes all understanding, that, that guards our heart. Lord, I thank you right now. Let homes be filled with your peace. Let your people's lives be filled with your peace. Let families be filled with your peace, that peace that passes all understanding. Let fear, anxiety and stress leave people's lives and homes right now and let your peace flood the lives of your people. Let the rivers that flow within them break their banks and let peace break out. A peace that remains, a peace that's constant, a peace that comes from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Family Church, I hope that that message uh, spoke into your world today. Remember, if you responded in any way, please send me an email, andy at family.church. We'd love to hear from you. Listen, I'm believing that this week will be a week of breakthrough, a week where the waves cease and the winds stop. A, a, a week where you see God working on your behalf in mighty ways. God bless.